just a moment, and uh, we're going to read verse 13 in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. In verse 13, the Bible says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. You may be seated. We see uh, the effect of the word of God, and we want to establish, first of all, that of uh, uh, all the that believe are able to distinguish between God's thoughts and uh, man's thoughts. And so when I look at this passage, he said, For this cause thank we God without ceasing, because when you receive the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men. When you open the Bible and you read the scriptures, and I, I hear so often people read books, and they're so excited about a book, but boy, we ought to be excited about this book. Amen. They're more excited about what they've read, about what somebody had to say about God's word than to have been in God's word and get excited about what God has said. And so when you're reading a book, you must understand those are the words of men. <laughs> and sometimes it's just an interpretation of what's being said uh, in the Word of God. And even as I preach, I bring forth the Word of God. And it's evident that it is the Word of God when we open the Scriptures, we read the Bible, and then what I call expository preaching, we bring out of the verses what it says. It is the Word of God. And so, therefore, when we're opening the Bible and we're reading the Word of God and we're looking to the Word of God and we're trying to expose, if you will, what the Word of God says. And it's not for me to taint it or change it to fit or suit my needs, my wants, my desires. It's for me to give you what the Word of God says. And so, when we open it, it's evident that it's the Word of God, that it affects the life of those that believe. And therefore, it must be put into use, as we see here, they were in a time of suffering and so Paul's starting to address that there at that church at Thessalonica, and the one thing that he brings out is the Word of God. <laughs> Even in our times of suffering and trials, we need the Word of God. So let us begin by first simply recognizing what Paul was pointing out to these folks, and there is a strong variance between God's Word and what man thinks about God's Word. <laughs> and we need to be in the Word of God, studying the Word of God. If you are saved tonight... The Holy Spirit of God is in you, and therefore God resides or dwells with you, and the scriptures clearly teach me something, that if the Holy Spirit resides in me, it is the Holy Spirit that enlightens me and opens up that truth. That's why we need to be in God's Word. And so we get into it because the Holy Spirit begins to reveal things to me. So in the morning service, I said that I would encourage you to read 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13 tonight. If anything, read the whole book. It only takes you five minutes. Uh, but the idea is, is preparation of heart, preparation of mind, thinking about, pondering on the Word of God, not the words of men. So notice that initially there must be a giving out of the Word for it to be received. He said, for this cause also we thank God without ceasing, because when you receive the Word of God, so if they receive the Word of God, that means there must have been a giving out of the Word of God. Amen? There was somebody bringing that message. And so as we go out into the community and we hand out tracts and we hand out door hangers and, and we share the gospel with people, we're giving out the Word. The only way they're going to receive it is if we give it out. 
Then whenever you come to the church house and then the preacher comes up and he's preaching and you're prayed up and you have prepared your hearts and you've read the Word of God, you come into the house of God and then you're at that place where now you're able to receive the Word. And God wants to speak to your hearts. And so then the Spirit of the Lord helps us to know the difference between the thoughts of men and the power of God's Word. And here's the challenge for you. If you're saved, are you able to distinguish between the thoughts of men and the Word of God? Well, the answer should be a resounding what? Yes. I am able to do that because I am saved. The Holy Spirit resides in me, and therefore I have an ability to read and understand the truth of God's Word. And I believe this with all my heart, folks, to have a high level of spiritual discernment. It requires the study of Scriptures. You not only need to read God's Word, you need to study God's Word. And believe me, there's nothing wrong with looking into it a little bit deeper. And when you open it, it's good. And when you're challenged and you don't know what it means, come talk to me. And I, sometimes I even told my class this morning, I don't have the answers. <laughs> you might ask me something and I'll flat out tell you, I don't know. But let's go look together. Because it says hid treasure, isn't it? And boy, whenever you discover what it says, it's exciting. And then you realize how it's applicable to your life. And so as we go into the Word of God, it requires some spiritual discernment on our part. And we go in and we study the Scriptures. It helps us with that. And it becomes effective in our lives. So the believer can discern between the truth and man's thoughts. Well, what does that require? Well, first of all, they have to receive the Word, just like tonight. You can sit here dull of hearing, or you can hear what's being said tonight. <laughs> And the thing that's being said is, are you reading your Bible? That's really all I'm asking you tonight. <laughs> are you reading the Word of God on a regular basis, on a consistent basis? Do you read your Bible? Do you know what the Bible says? Are you reading God's Word consistently, daily, in ingesting that Word, taking it in? Believe me, the Spirit of the Lord does not want to become malnourished in your life. He wants to be nourished up in the words of faith just like you are. And so we got to take in the Word of God. So there's the receiving of the Word. Then there's that idea of recognizing the Word of man and then applying the truth for the effectiveness of God's Word in our life. So he said, for this cause also we thank God without ceasing because when you receive the Word of God, there was a heart of thankfulness to God without omission, without interruption. He said, for this cause thank we God. Paul was excited. <laughs> he says, I'm excited about this. He said, for this cause, also we thank God without ceasing. There was no interruption in his thankfulness to God for the fact that they took in the Word of God. It's exciting. There's nothing more exciting than whenever you share the Word of God with somebody and you see the light bulb go, bink. <laughs> it's exciting. And I think this was in Paul's life. And he was excited about this, and he saw this attitude toward the Word. Now, I want you to underline the Word in your Bible when ye received. You ought to underline that in your Bible. That's a fascinating word. <laughs> he said, when you receive. Now, when you hear that word received, us, we think, well, he said it, they heard it. <laughs> it goes beyond that. It is the idea that they received it, they became intimate with it. That's what that word received means. They started to really associate themselves with the Word of God. They began to learn the Word of God. They became very familiar with it. And the idea is this, is that they began to act upon it when they received it. They began to do what it said. And so there's an action involved in this idea of being receiving of the Word of God. And so this is a strong indicator to us about the importance of our familiarity with the Scriptures. 
you know, I think it's a challenge to us to make sure we're doing what the Word commands, and we need to become intimate with the truth. And you say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying when you open the Scriptures, you are reading the Word of God. And knowing what it says is good. But you know what? When we just read that verse tonight, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Last week, Brother Dustin gave us a challenge when we used it. On Wednesday night. He said, go read the rest of what these things are. When he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things. What are all these things? You see, if you go back and you read that, you begin to understand God said, Seek me out first. I'll take care of all this nonsense. Seek me first. I'll get rid of the anxiety. Seek me first. I'll help you with the money. Seek me first. I'll take care of your clothes, your house, your cars. I'll take care of all those things. Go back and read that. God says, if I care about the sparrow hitting the ground, why would I not care about you? And and what he's saying to us is, is as you get into the Word of God, you begin to understand how rich and how vibrant, and how useful, and how wonderful the Word of God is, because it's alive. It is for the Christian. It helps us to to walk, and to breathe, and to believe. It helps us to do all that we need to do in this Christian life. The truth is, is that of the Bible, Paul commends this church at Thessalonica for associating themselves and learning the Word of God. And you know, that's significant for us today, because The ignorance of the Word of God is high today, folks. And I'm not trying to be crude. It's very high. Very few people can sift through this book and tell you how many, first of all, books are in the Bible. Then to tell you what the names of those books are. Then to tell you any details about those books. One of the things that Pastor had us do as as a Sunday school teacher, we had to go through every book of the Bible and we had to write down a three-word title. So, you know, you go into Genesis, and you go in there, and there's 50 chapters in there. We had to write a three-word title for every chapter, which he said, then you need to read it and know what it says, right? I was like, this is insane. This is the best thing I ever did. I went in there, and I started reading the Bible, and I started thinking, man, this is an amazing book. And then I'd give it a three-word title, and I was excited. I was trying to come up with all kinds of things. Just give it a three-word title. I try to come up with more three-word titles for my messages than anything, but I fail to do that sometimes. But think about this for a moment. He's, he's commending these people, but listen to this. It's significant for us not only to know but to understand truth. Here's what he said about uh, Thessalonica and Acts. He's talking to the church at, uh, at Berea now, and he's saying these were more noble He's talking about the Bereans now. Think about this. He just commended Thessalonica. He says about the Bereans, he said these were more noble than those in Thessalonica and that they received the word with all, here's the next phrase, readiness of mind. They were willing to take it in, weren't they? And so he says readiness of mind. And here's what happened then. And then they searched the scriptures how often? Daily. Daily. So he commends Thessalonica, and he's saying, listen, they associated themselves with it. They were getting with the program. They received the word. They became intimate with it. But man, he goes over here in Berea, and he says, hey, these people went a step further. And that's where we ought to be as believers. We ought to have that intimacy with the word of God. Now, why is that? And he said, well, whether these things are so, here's what happens to us. We have become repeaters of the Word of God more than readers of the Word of God. 
we repeat what we hear other people say about God's Word, then we know what God's Word says. And we have to be careful about that. We have to come to the place where we become readers of the Word of God. And here's why. In verse 12, many of us know verse 11, chapter 17 of Acts, but verse 12 says something so significant. And I don't know if we get this or not. He says that whether those things were so, he says they had a readiness of mind, they searched the Scriptures, whether those things were so, in Acts 17, 12, therefore many of them believed. Wow. They believed. What happens is the Word of God is powerful, and it brings people to the place where they begin to believe truth. And, And when you look at something like this, this then is our challenge that we become intimate with God's Word, knowing that it can make a difference. We get knowledge of God's Word, and we share that knowledge with other people. Listen, don't just repeat what you hear other people say. Pick up the Bible and read it. Read what it says. Understand these truths. Hey, I bet every one of you have access to a dictionary. How many of you in here have a phone? How many of you here have a phone? How many of you have one of those smartphones? How many of you got a smartphone? Google, what, is the, uh, what does the intimate mean? What does receive mean? What does this mean? And you can go look it up. I tell you what, you can look up Webster's Dictionary if you want to go back and say, well, I want to look up. You know what? If you want to know the Greek meaning of it, you can say, what does Strong's Concordance say? You can talk into your phone today and ask it anything you want. And the thing of it is, is that we have so much access to information and we can really get a hold of God's truth. And we can really begin to understand it and study it better. Now, here's the difference for us. We become intimate so that we know the difference between God's Word and man's Word. And I believe when we get to that place, as clear as the Scriptures are, therefore many believe. I believe spiritual results come as a result of us getting close to God and knowing His Word. It causes us to want to give it out. (laughs) It causes us to want to speak to others about it. Now, the Bible is given unto us that we may know him, that we may learn of him, that we may reach others with his word, that we may teach them, that they may grow. And listen, the wonderful thing is there's nothing greater than when you reach someone else with the gospel and begin to teach them the truth of God's word and they begin to respond. (laughs) It's amazing. So Paul commending Thessalonica and saying, hey, you guys did good. You became intimate with the word of God. You received it. I ask you tonight, are you intimate with the Word of God? Studying the Word of God gives you a stronger spiritual discernment. Notice what it says here. He said, because when you receive the Word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the Word of who? Not as the Word of men. It's the Word of God. And so we need to become so familiar with the Word of God that whenever we hear the Word of men, we can discern between what man's saying and what God said. And believe me, I've been in preaching services where I've sat out there and I thought to myself, hmm, not that I'm trying to pick on the preacher or pick on the person, but there are times where I've had that moment where I went, hmm. And you think for just a moment. And you want to ask yourself the question, is that lining up? Do those two things line up? That's why I tell you, be careful with 
listening to radio preachers and TV preachers and, uh, you know, all these people that you're listening to on TV and radio, and there's all these different thoughts, all these different things, and I'm listening to this person, listening to that person, and every wind of doctrine that comes along, and I'm saying, you know what, if you're listening to preaching, okay, but listen to me, read your Bible. Amen. Amen. Read your Bible. If you read your Bible, some of those folks, you would choose not to listen to them, I promise you that. You would say to yourself, there's no way I'm going to listen to that TV preacher or that radio preacher. I'm going to listen to this radio station, that radio station, because, listen, they got partially right, but, man, they got a lot wrong. And I've heard a lot wrong on the radio before. And I've listened to it just to say, my goodness, I wonder how many hundreds or thousands of people are listening to this today and accepting it as truth because they got a radio show. And we need to know the difference between God's word and man's word. So when you receive the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth. I love that. Because you have a strong understanding of truth, you then are able to distinguish between the thoughts of men and the word of God. Now, throughout the scriptures, we are given many warnings to avoid counting on the wisdom of the thoughts of men. This was one of the verses that I learned early on in my ministry, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Sometimes we're counting on the wisdom of men and not the power of God. Well, the last time I read, I looked up here on the wall and it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of who? God. <laughs> and you look at the Word of God and you see the power that's in the Word of God. Not in, in, in men, but in the Word of God. In 2 Corinthians 4, 7, he said, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Sometimes we want it to be of us. And, and, and listen, we are guilty as independent fundamental Baptists of lifting up men rather than lifting up the Word of God. Amen. We're guilty of that. We elevate men rather than His Word. And what it is is we've turned some of our independent fundamental Baptist preachers into rock stars <laughs> instead of looking to them as preachers and preaching the Word of God. Now, some of those men may not want that, but sometimes that's what we do. And we begin to elevate the man rather than elevate the God who gave that man that ministry. And we got to challenge ourselves and be careful. He said in 1 Corinthians 1.17, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. And what happens is, as we do with men's wisdom, the cross becomes of none effect in the lives of the people that are even sitting in the auditorium because we're so busy and enamored by the man that we lose sight of the word and we have to stick to the word. Now, I think we have to commit our hearts and minds to spiritual truth and spiritual strength found in the scriptures. So let me give you some verses. I'm, I'm going to run down these quick so we can get through them. But I, I, I'm enamored by this. In the New Testament, in Ephesians 1.13, he refers to his word as the word of truth. But you know when he says it, he said it's the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. The word of truth is how he refers to his word. In Philippians 2.16, he refers to it as the word of life. <laughs> the word of life. He then goes on and he says in Colossians 1.25, the word of God. In Colossians 3.16, the word of Christ. In 2 Thessalonians 3.1, the word of the Lord. And we know in John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Amen? Amen? And so who is the word? The word is Christ. Jesus said, you think you know 
the scriptures. But they speak of me, him, Christ. <laughs> you got to understand this is Christ. <laughs> And so, you know, when I hear people say, well, it contradicts itself, I'm saying Jesus does. Jesus contradicts himself. This is the word of God. And so when we go in, we look at it that way. In 1 John 5, 6 through 9, this is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit that beareth witness because the spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and he goes on and he says, and these three are one, and there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater, for this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. This is the testifying of his Son, the Word. We need to know Jesus. If you want to know Jesus better, you need to know the Word better. If you want to have a more intimate relationship with him, know what he said. You think you know him, then read the Bible. Read the Scriptures. It tells of who he is. Paul was commending these believers for their ability <coughs> through, the, through their intimacy with the Word of God to distinguish between what is of man and what is of the Word of God. And so we're taught so much, uh, folks, a lot of times. And I've, I've heard some of these uh, messages on how to deal with how you feel. And, I mean, there's a lot of that going on today. There's more of that going on than there is of what I'm doing today. There's more of that of how to deal with how you feel. And everybody wants to get into their emotions and their feelings. And I want to tell you something. Emotions and feelings are real, but truth is better. Amen. Truth is what keeps us stable. <laughs> and, and whenever I go to the truth of God's Word and I look at this, I began to think, a lot of people say, just go with your gut feelings. I remember the worst advice I heard somebody give someone. Well, you know, you just got to go with your heart. <laughs> How many of you have heard that? You just got to go with what your heart's telling. And when have you opened the Bible and found out that you need to go with your heart? The heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it, right? That's right. You think about our heart, what is it? And the worst advice I ever heard somebody give somebody else, I was like, no, 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 don't trust yourself. Don't, don't. Trust God. Trust his word. We get to that place where we go with the gut feelings or to go with what we think, but God desires for us to know his word and to trust him. Listen, from the time you're saved till death, faith is in the middle of all that, isn't it? And we have to trust him by faith for our salvation. Then we need to trust him by faith to, to live our lives. And listen, we are trusting him by faith in death. How many of you understand that? And, we're trusting him with our death amen. to resurrect us, amen? amen? So if I can trust him to save me and I can trust him in my death, I ought to be able to trust him in my life, amen? amen. And if I'm going to trust him in my life, I need to know what his word says. And so when I look at this, faith is his word. You know, it's for my life. It is for my marriage. It is for raising my kids, it is for my children, it's for my relationships, it's for my business ventures, it's for my friendships. I think of all the things that come. Listen, it's the cure for sin. It is what changes us from the inside out. It is the tool to help us be spiritually strong, the Word of God. When I look to the Word of God, I say, it is the means which I live my entire life by. And listen, the more I obey it, <laughs> the more wonderful it becomes the more effective 
it is in my life. Knowing it is more than just the word of men. It's the power of God for the believer. Lastly, this, notice he says, the word of God which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Where does it work? It works where? In you. It's in you. It's not this external thing, although externally we read it, externally we see it, externally we take it in, but internally we need to digest this stuff. We need to take this in. And so the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe, that word effectually worketh, it means to be active. It's efficient. It should be active in your life. If something is active in your life, that means you're participating in this. Something's happening here. And listen, he has the idea that it will produce a work. When he says it worketh effectually in you, it means it's producing something. It's not that it's not doing anything. It's constantly engaged and working in you to do something in your life. Jeremiah said in 23, 29, it says, Is not my word like as a fire? I love this verse. <laughs> he said, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh a rock in pieces. Amen. How many times have you opened the Word of God and do this? Man, it's powerful, isn't it? When you open the Word of God, you begin to realize the effectiveness of it. How many of you know Hebrews 4.12? For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God knows us so well that He gets down with His Word and He says, I want to tell you how deep it goes. He even knows the intents, the thoughts and intents of your heart. What you're planning on doing. The attitude and the spirit of it. I mean, that is how powerful God's Word is. And we need to digest it and take it in. 1 Peter 1.23 and 2.25, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the Word of God. How is one born again? How does he change from one to the other? By the Word of God. The grass withereth and the flower fadeth thereof. Uh, falleth away, but the word of the Lord endureth forever, and this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. And the Bible goes on and says in Ephesians 6, 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So when we look at this, the word of God is active in the life of the believer. I want to share this with you. Just because man does not believe what this says does not render it ineffective. Did you hear me? Just because you don't believe it doesn't render it ineffective. Just because I have different thoughts than this book has doesn't make this wrong and you right. <laughs> this is going to take its course no matter what we think. And what we need to do is get our thinking in line with him. I want to help you with one thing before I finish tonight. The effectiveness of God's word is the use of it regardless of your circumstances. When we've sinned, God's word helps us get right with him. When we've done wrong, when we're out of fellowship with God, God's word's there to effectively help us Amen. and move in the right direction. Tonight, we're going to partake of communion. My prayer is, is you really understand communion. That you really understand what we're going to do this evening. And you know, when you go into God's word and you understand the effectiveness of God's word, regardless of your circumstances, there's a dependency on him to fulfill his will his, through his word. 
It is effective because the word of the Lord is always at work. It doesn't stop. God's word is always working. It doesn't end. And when I look at this, it is a work that he does in you, and it doesn't cease to exist, and it doesn't depend on what you do. It is dependent upon itself. (laughs) You see, God's word takes effect regardless of what direction you choose to take. If you choose to walk away from him and you're a saved person, the word of God is still effective because he'll chasten you even unto death is what the Bible says. You see, we can't render it ineffective because it is effective. It does its job always. It never is not not working in the lives of people. It is always doing its job, the word. When I think of that, I'm going to turn you to Hebrews real quick, and I want to show you something as we prepare our hearts tonight. As we get ready to take communion, I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Everybody with me? Say amen. Look at verse 6. Notice this. For whom the Lord loveth, he does what? Chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then ye are bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us and gave them reverence. Shall we not much more rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? You see, when I read this, he says in verse 10, For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but for he... But he, for our prophet, that we might be partakers of his what? Holiness. God's word will take effect. We can obey it and join in into the pleasures of what it does. We can disobey it, and it's still going to take effect. Are, we, are you with me? Amen. God's word is effective either way. The choices that we make will not render this ineffective. It will cause this to be fulfilled either direction you choose. It will fulfill itself. And as I thought about this, this is the Word of God uh, being effective in the life of those that believe in Ephesians 3, 19 through 20, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh, where? In us. That's the Word of God. That is the Word of God working in us. That's the Spirit of the Lord. That's God taking effect in our life. What I believe is we're given discernment to effectively use the Scriptures. So whether Paul talking here, he said, hey, you got struggles, you got trials, I understand that. But you need to receive the Word. In other words, as we came to you and we gave it to you, you didn't receive it as the Word of men. You received it, you became intimate with it as it is the Word of God. Calvary, I challenge all of you, every one of you that are members here, become intimate with the Word of God. Become intimate with it. Get to the place where you are in love with Jesus. (laughs) You are in love with His Word. You become intimate with His Word. And then as you become intimate with His Word, you begin to see the effect that it can have in your life and those that you're exposed to. And believe me, it has power. (laughs) 
and it doesn't become rendered useless, but God's word will take effect in your life as a believer one way or another. And the challenge to us is to see the effectiveness of